Hey guys, it's Leisha and Kenny here, and welcome to our first mini episode of Not Me, Not Today podcast. Hello, and hello to everyone, wherever you are in the world. How are you? I'm doing pretty good now, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, thanks. It's so good to be back. I think we should explain to the listeners first what happened um, and what we've got in store for them moving forward. Excellent. So I guess I'll take the first part of that. I want to apologise to our listeners for the extended break that we had. I was really sick and whilst there was the odd time we could have maybe released something, it wouldn't have been consistent and we didn't want to disappoint you continuously. But I promise we're back and healthier than ever, so we have been creating new ideas for you to bring you the greatest variety of stories. Also, the support we've received from you during the time we were down was really great, um, and people were still listening, so thank you so much. Thanks, guys. And before our impromptu break, we received some of the nicest emails from listeners. River, Diana, Liz, and Mark, thank you so much for your lovely messages. We read them, and your words were so touching, really. Thank you. They really were lovely. Thank you so much for getting in touch. Uh, really happy to share with our listeners this first mini episode. So you might ask, what is a mini episode? Well, it's what it sounds like. We have survivor stories where the information is very limited, but we don't want you to miss out on their tale of survival. So we decided to create some mini episodes. They'll drop randomly so you can keep an eye out for those. I am very excited to bring you these stories. We spent some time talking about how we were going to share these smaller stories with you, and we even considered making multi-story episodes. But we felt that it would take away from that sole survivor, so we wanted to make them mini singular episodes. They have an episode to themselves, regardless of how long it is. A shorty, if you will. So, with that said, Leisha, what's the shorty? Today's shorty is about Anatoly Bogarski. He was shot with a particle accelerator through the skull and lived to tell the tale. Cool. I can't believe there's only limited information on this. It's more believable when you realise it takes place in Russia. Aha, okay. Let's do this. Anatoly Brogoski was born on the 25th of June, 1942, in Russia. Literally, that's all I could find as for his early life. Not even a town. Job profession? Russian physicist. <laughs> It'll be a short, short episode at this rate. Who likes short shorts? Oh, uh, we like short shorts. <laughs> well, it's those darn secret of Russians. And by the way, there is a reason that there's virtually nothing more on this. So anyways, the incident takes place on July 13th, 1978. Anatoly was only 36 years old and working with a particle accelerator when it seemed to stop working. He stepped up to identify the problem and potentially fix it if possible. So before I go any further in this story, some background information on particle accelerators will probably help put this whole incident into perspective. Definitely. So most of us, especially Big Bang Theory fans, will know particle accelerators and the famous one today, the Hadron Collider, which is the largest particle accelerator in the world. Okay, so first of all, what is a particle accelerator? A particle accelerator is a machine that uses electromagnetic fields to propel charged particles to very high speeds and energies and to contain them in a well-defined beam. There are currently more than 30,000 of these on Earth in use today. This stuff was pretty complicated, so I try to break it down into the simplest way I could think of. If any of it's wrong, I'm sure I'll get a call from my dad. <laughs> okay, so here goes. There are two types. Electrostatic, which is basically linear, i.e. straight lines. Again, it's easier to see the difference if you have a picture, but this is audio, so I'm going to try and describe what this type most commonly looks like, because it has evolved over time. Imagine a Frankenstein movie, or a parody of it. You know the things that conduct electricity in them? 
The object that looks like a metal ball on a metal pole, there's usually two of them either side of the creature that's being brought back to life, crackling with lightning. Yeah, I know the ones you're talking about. It's alive! <laughs> well, the linear one essentially looks like a smaller one of those, but it's inside a metal capsule that resembles an iron lung. Okay, I can picture it now. Again, they do vary around the world, but the principle is the same. The other type is electrodynamic. This one is circular. The Hadron Collider is an electrodynamic accelerator. They are basically in rings. The Hadron Collider is 17 miles or 27 kilometers in circumference. Wow, that's big. Yeah. You wouldn't see it from the sky though because it's 175 meters deep beneath the France-Switzerland border. They can produce crazy amounts of radiation, but it's super helpful in science and particularly physics. We also owe everyday items to the particle accelerator, such as the X-ray, radiotherapy for cancer patients, MRIs, and cling film, to name a few. I love how they're all medical and you just thrown in cling film at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nappies and things too, but I didn't want them to be all medical and I didn't want the example list to be too long. I also want to drop in an interesting fact here, as for some reason we see it as more of a relatively modern thing. The particle accelerator was actually invented in 1927. The linear model was developed first, and this was the type that Anatoly was working with. That is interesting. I thought so. Anyway, I'll go back to Anatoly. So he was 36 years old, doing his job just like every other day, when this particle accelerator seemed to malfunction. So Anatoly decides he's going to investigate. To check the part he thought was malfunctioning, he had to stand in the way of the beam. The beam, of course, was not on. These were also made with built-in safety mechanisms to avoid someone essentially being shot by it. Hmm, so much for those. Yep, because they failed when he was checking the laser and it turned on and went straight through his head. Entering the back crown of his skull and exiting just below the nose on the left side, it burnt its way through his skull and brain. Yeesh. It's crazy. How long was he exposed for? Again, I couldn't find out, but I think it was momentary. Anyway, he was hit with... 200,000 rads. He experienced no pain, but he did describe the incident as seeing a flash brighter than a thousand suns. Nowadays, they're even more powerful, but at this time, this was the most powerful proton beam in all of Soviet Russia. So wonder he's still alive. I know. So anyways, this is where things get a little bit crazy. And again, there were limited details. So as for whether these next details are concrete, I'm not sure, but this is what I found. Anatoly, when he'd been shot, it was so quick that he wasn't entirely sure what had happened. So apparently, he wrote down in his journal that he'd been to see it, fix it, and told no one what had happened. Then he went home and waited for the side effects. What the heck? Really? How do you hide a hole in your face? <laughs> I have no idea. I can only imagine the work is lonely and remote. Either that or it's because they're just Russian and made of different stuff than the rest of us. <laughs> so did he get side effects? Well, it's not as if he had no reactions or side effects. That night, the left side of his face began to swell. And I'm also not talking Rocky Balboa swelling to his face. He became unrecognisable very quickly. The next morning, he presented himself to the doctors at work and explained what had happened. He was rushed to the infirmary, then the hospital, but I don't know which one. They probably had one on site due to the nature of the work, but I don't actually know that for sure. So Anatoly gets to the hospital and they try to reduce the swelling. But the doctors don't know what to expect because this hasn't happened before. They figured that with that level of exposure to radiation, he would die in a matter of days. But the Russian was made of something extra special. 
Well, he does live. Exactly. So, when Anatoly was in the hospital, the skin on the left side of his face began to peel. They were apparently able to see the path that the proton beam had taken. After they realised the level of radiation he was exposed to, he was transferred to a special medical facility where they were to essentially offer palliative care until he died of radiation poisoning. Palliative care, that's basically symptomatic and pain treatment until they die, isn't it? Yes, it is. So they had him in there to be cared for until they felt the inevitable would happen. What's the fatal dose for radiation in humans, anyway? About 500 rads. He was exposed to about 400 times that. Oh my god, I didn't realise it was that much. Yeah, it's a lot. However, as time went on, he didn't die, and actually recovered much to the absolute amazement of the doctors and medical team who were caring for him. I'm sure he became somewhat of a guinea pig to see the side effects of a proton beam on a human. I'm sure he did, and one article I read said he was used for exactly that. So that was it for the side effects? He wishes, unfortunately not. He lost the hearing in his left ear and got extreme tinnitus. Oof, that ringing of thumping in your ear. Yeah, can you imagine that nearly every day? Oh, sounds horrible. Pardon the pun. Oh, God. Anyway, well, that's not all. The most interesting part I felt was that the left side of his face sagged, and it also slowed ageing, becoming much less wrinkled than the right side of his face. The nerve from the left side of his face had burned away in two years, leaving him with a sagging left side of his face. It's so obvious that you can pretty much see yourself where the proton beam hit him. I'll share pictures to our Instagram and Facebook pages as usual so you can see it for yourself. They are amazing pictures. You can really see the difference in his face. Well, just after this, he did suffer from seizures. They were more often small seizures, but as he aged, they did become grand mal seizures, which involves the whole body seizing and shaking and convulsing. Like the classic ones you would see in a movie. They are the ones. So first of all, he actually returned to work 18 months after the incident, after most of the healing had been done. But despite the other physical injuries, his intelligence and intellect didn't burn away. All of that didn't stop Anatoly from going on and earning a PhD. Anatoly also went on to become a lecturer, and one source said that it was the same university he got his doctorate. He also went back to work and held a position of coordinator of the physics experiments over the very beam that had shot him. Oh, that's tremendous. Is he still alive today? Yes, he is, but he's not having the easiest time. So he lives in Protvino in Russia, and due to the nature of the accident, he was banned from talking about it. His silence lasted for just over a decade. It's like we said last time, when radiation's involved, they keep pretty tight lips about it. Exactly. The only time he was okay to speak about it was after Chernobyl. He would on occasion meet with other radiation survivors and talk about the challenges that they were facing. A quote from him in a Wired interview in 1997 said, Like former inmates, we are always aware of one another. There aren't that many of us, and we know one another's life stories. Generally, these are sad tales. Despite his health issues, he continues to live life and actually applied for disability in 1996. Something he was denied. What? But they know what happened and all the side effects. I know, I know. It just makes you so angry, doesn't it? It really does. It's like the Mr. Yamaguchi episode where he survived two nuclear bombs and was pretty much shunned by everyone. It's so sad too, isn't it? He's 78 and struggles to pay for his epilepsy medication. Apparently, they cut the funding to the city and the old place that he worked that paid for it. But he's still alive and living a fairly long life. So... Typically around this point, I would tell you about his books, or movies, or a charity, or a cause that's close to his heart, but 
As I mentioned before, there's virtually nothing on this man. No books, no movies, not even a documentary. Just a series of mini YouTube videos, which may explain the actual physics part better than I do. One thing I did find kind of amusing was if you Google his name, one of the questions that comes up on the suggested questions is, can a particle accelerator give you superpowers? Evidently quite the opposite. It gives you seizures. <laughs> if it's a suggested question, it makes me think that it hasn't been asked just once, which is scary. I'm sure I don't have to say this, but since it's 2020, nothing is off the table. If somehow you have access to a particle accelerator, please don't stick your head in the beam. It will not give you superpowers. And that is all I have today on Anatoly Brogarski. Wow, I know it was short, but that was a good one. Okay, guys, well, that's it for our shorty episode. If you'd like to hear more stories, more shorties, then click subscribe. Also, don't forget to leave us a cheeky review. We'd really appreciate that. For all the pictures of Anatoly, we'll put them up on our Facebook and Instagram pages uh, so you can see those. Head over to Not Me, Not Today podcast. If you have any mini survivor stories you'd like us to cover, send them into notmenottodaypodcast at gmail.com. And until next week, stay alive. Bye. Bye. Not Me, Not Today podcast. Shorty.